Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The story that Alana Woodson has devoted the past few years to telling is far from a simple one. It's the story of Kinlock, Missouri. It's a once-thriving suburb of St. Louis that has nearly disappeared. Her father's childhood home there is no more. And what was once a community of 6,500 black St. Louisans has dwindled to fewer than 200 today. But Woodson, who goes by Alana Marie professionally, has stayed the course. She's interviewed dozens of people and gathered countless hours of footage. And the result is a nearly finished documentary film she calls The Kinlock Doc. Let's listen. The displacement of black people, black families, and black communities have gone on for decades throughout this country. This is for the descendants of Rosewood, Florida. This is for the descendants of Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is for the descendants of Seneca Village in New York, now known as Central Park. This, this is for Kenlock. And that is from the Kinlock Doc. And joining us today to talk about it is the filmmaker, Alana Marie. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. So you didn't grow up in Kinlock. Why, of all the 88 municipalities in St. Louis, did this one catch your interest? I did not grow up in Kinlock. Um, my grandparents were actually bought out two years before I even hit the scene um, in St. Louis. So I wanted to learn more about the city that raised my family. Um, I had a lot of family lost between 2014 and 2017. So to get that direct information from family members, um, I no longer had that access outside of my father. Um, but I wanted to connect with him more and be able to share this story with him while he was still alive, mm -hmm. to share it with me as well. Um, and it's a lot of misconceptions about the community for those who are aware of the city of Kenlock. And then there's the issue of several people that do not know what Kenlock is, where it is. And for me, it's like this city has so much historic value that it needs to be shared with the masses. Tell me about those misconceptions. What do you feel like are, are some of the biggest ones that are out there? Definitely how it came to be how it is now. So you have this thriving Black community and then the idea of the airport just came in and told all of these people that they had to leave and then the population decimated, which is only a very surface level of the story. Mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of fingers pointing towards the residents of Kinlock about how it looks like it does right now. So a lot of the trash that's surrounding the green space or the no trash pickup. And so there's a lot of commentary that the people who live there are the reason why it looks the way that it does. Um, which is very unfair. I don't believe anybody who lives in a community um, purposefully wants to see their community look that type of way. So mm -hmm. just to kind of clear up some misconceptions and clear the air about this city and share the story with integrity. And it feels like with that history that you're telling in this story and that you've, you've dug so deeply into, that maybe answers some of these questions. Why does it look like how it looks today? Um, why, you know, how did it get um, sucked into the airport? All these questions are the questions that this film purports to answer. Definitely. Now, you describe Kinlock as Missouri's first all-Black city. Um, what have you been able to learn about its early history? 
I learned that although um, it wasn't incorporated until 1948, so when it was official on the books and regarded officially as Missouri's first black incorporated city, there were several other pockets within St. Louis that housed several black communities. So you have your Meacham Parks, you have your Westland Acres, you have your Ville. So these are other communities that blacks could live considering back then that there were only a few places that blacks could call home in the first place all sorts of deed um, restrictions and, so, and the government literally barred them from from buying houses in in lots of other places exactly so, so you had the bill go ahead oh sorry so yeah as you were saying there were there were limited options this kinlock was one of them even before it was incorporated yes so it also has this history of, I mean, there are so many people who have lived in this community who've gone on to do great things. Who are some of the luminaries that um, can point to having lived or stayed in Kinlock for some time? Definitely. Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Hmm. She was born in Kinlock. Actress Jennifer Lewis was born in Kinlock. Activist and comedian Dick Gregory was born in Kinlock. Singer Ann Peebles was born in Kinlock. And it's a lot of that that we don't get the chance to learn about because, one, if it's referenced, it's in regards to St. Louis. Like, they're born and raised in St. Louis. And I want to clear that to say, no, that they were born and raised in the city of Kinlock. And one of the people you interviewed in your film described it as self-contained. Um, do you mean that it, it was it was separate from St. Louis? People lived there and, and did business there? They, when I speak to people from Kinlock who were born and raised there, one of the phrases that's often communicated is that Kinlock literally had everything but a bank. Hmm. They had churches, they had schools, they had the confectionaries, mom and pop shops, taxi cabs, libraries, YMCA, literally everything but a bank. So they didn't need to go out of the city for anything unless they go to the bank. So did they not think of themselves as St. Louisans per se? They really thought of themselves as, as Kinlock first and foremost. I believe so. And it's not to disregard St. Louis in that sense, but they had so much pride in their community and being able to sustain and support each other. Um, they often regarded the term, the beginning of the word kinlock as kin. So they regarded each other as kinfolk. Hmm. So that even if they weren't blood related, they had a mission to support each other for whatever they needed. So what happened? I understand the 1980s were really sort of the critical decade for this community. What happened then? So to my understanding, um, Kenlock is directly across the highway from Lambert Airport. And in the early 80s to, to late 80s, there were plans to apparently expand the runway of the airport. Um, it was expectations of Lambert Airport becoming this huge hub. And so they had to create more space um, to be able to land two planes at one time. And because Kenlock was directly across the highway, um, from it. They were one of the communities that was pinpointed to purchase property to buy them out. But Kinlock wasn't the only community that was impacted. Um, Berkeley also had property bought out. Ferguson also had property bought out. Um, there was an all-white community in Bridgeton called Carrollton that was also bought out in parts of Hazelwood. But the issue with Kinlock is they had the gravest impact to where even now in 2020, the residual effect of having all of that property bought out and then the property that's lays dormant, um, infested with a lot of trash and mm -hmm. just weeds and overgrown grass and it became unkept. So, so out of all of the properties that were bought out, Kenlock seems to have the less care. So the airport bought these properties and then just basically let them sit? Pretty, pretty much. And pretty much. you say Kinlock was harder hit than these other communities where the airport was also coming in and, and harvesting the land. Is that because more land was taken? Definitely. 
Okay. So definitely, I believe about a third of the land um, in Kenlock was purchased. Hmm. So I think we mentioned earlier just how few residents are left in the city, 200 or so. Um, what's even left beyond that? Are, are there still businesses that are there? It's obviously not this self-contained community anymore. No, to my understanding, with the exception of churches and um, the city hall, there aren't any revenue generating businesses within the city of Kinlock to get Mm -hmm. anything from groceries to whatever else that you may need to purchase. You have to go to the surrounding municipalities like Berkeley, Ferguson, Cool Valley. Um, but not in Kinlock. Okay. And on top of that, um, I know in the past decade, Kinlock has really grappled with a lot of political corruption. There's been so many city officials who have been sent to prison for um, stealing from taxpayers or enriching themselves in some ways. I mean, it, there's just been so much this community has has had to deal with. Did you grapple with that history at all within the film? Um, definitely. It's almost as if the story of Kenlock, anything that could have happened to that community pretty much has happened. Mm. Um, But I tend to look at the story of, I feel like there is a reason that the city of Kenlock is still incorporated. Um, It's hanging on by a thread, but it's still there. And there are people, especially a lot of people within my age frame, I'm a millennial, who are wanting to bring better light to this community and see it um, have better days, regardless if it has people moving there or living there, but to rearrange the story about how people view the city of Kenlock. So there have been some recent efforts to try to bring this community back. Do you get the sense that any of them are, are having a, a good big uh, impact? I do. I do. Um, I was there when in 2017, Project Backboard is a nonprofit based out of California, and they came and revamped the Kenlock Courts basketball court and they look Um, so so, cool i mean those courts just look amazing yes and it was voted in arch um, digest magazine as one of the 10 best designed basketball courts in the world Hmm. um even if you're on a plane when you're coming in and when you're leaving out you can see this huge bright beautiful spot in dead center of kenlock um so that brought a lot of good eyes into the city and the community and of course um with some other local officials like rachel prouty who called out st louis city in the airport and as well as St. Louis County for the lack of cleanup in the community. So those efforts are um, being initiated as we speak as well. So I think there's some groundbreaking going on in the community to right some wrongs that's been happening over the past. I understand you've completed um, many hours of interviews. You talked to more than 20 people for this film, and that's so much. I'm sure part of the hard part is trying to get it down into a manageable length. What's one interview that stood out to you? I is two actually. So my dad is one of the primary interviews in there. And mm-hmm. I actually interviewed him four times. Um, believe it or not, sitting down in front of a camera and trying to pretend like the camera isn't there and being vulnerable and sharing stories is actually a very hard job. So I had to coach him through that because I knew the stories that he had and I wanted that to be conveyed on the camera. So um, finally on that, that fourth take, he was able to open up and, and start getting to the, the stories he told you as a kid. To the meat, I had to break it down like that. Just pretend that you are having a regular conversation with your daughter because mm-hmm. you are. It just happens to be cameras in your face as well. And does he but have he fond memories of, of his childhood there in Kinlock? Definitely. Oh, my God. It's, it's one story that he told me. I remember in the very first interview I did with him, um, him and his friends, and they were talking about it's a, it's a, a fable. As they say, it was a young man in Kinlock who is this diner in Kenlock that had these really, really good fries. 
And so the story was that the young man went into the, the diner, got the fries, wasn't paying attention when he walked out the store. And because he wasn't paying attention, he was hit by a Kenlock trash, tra- a trash truck driver. Oh. And the truck driver got out of the car and went to the young man to see if he was okay. And then the first thing the young man said was, where are my fries? <laughs> so it's stories like that that my dad talks about all the time and I had the opportunity to bring my dad together with a lot of his childhood friends that he probably hadn't seen in a while or they hadn't connected in a while and I've been able to do that a lot during these three and a half years. That's wonderful. So you said that was one of the two interviews that stood out. What was the other one? Sitting down with um, historian John Wright. Mm -hmm. To me he is all things history in St. Louis. And I had been working to get him to sit down for a long time. He's an extremely busy man, um, but he just has a wealth of knowledge. And I felt like when we were talking, I was just sitting at the feet of an elder and he just has so much information and so much love and passion about black history within St. Louis. Like I could have sat with him All day, Hmm. literally all day. That's great. So this film, it has now come together. I know you screened the rough cut of the full feature film a few months ago. Uh, That was February 9th. I understand that's your father's birthday. You were at the Missouri History Museum. How did that go? It was perfect. Um, It was a surprise, of course, up until the day I told him that we were having the screening, but it was sold out. And the Missouri History Museum um, helped sponsor it and they put it on. I had a photo booth for people to come in and take pictures and we had props. I had an intimate dinner right before the screening and it was just, I don't have any complaints. So to see former Kenlock residents come in and thank me for telling the story in the way that they enjoyed it, it felt like a huge family reunion and that's exactly how I wanted it to go. And my dad was extremely appreciative. That's so wonderful. And now the other wonderful thing, when we booked you to come on the show, at that point you had launched a Kickstarter. And in the the time that has passed since we booked you, you've actually hit your goal for that. You're going to get that money. We did. We did. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous leading up to launching the Kickstarter um, in the midst of a pandemic. I had been planning this for several months and organizing things and working with the campaign manager. And I just wasn't sure if it was still the right time to do it. But I had received a lot of support from St. Louis. And the fact that we've exceeded our goal um, still amazes me to know that I can actually finish the film. Gratefully, we finished interviews back in December. So everything that we need to do now can be done remotely. Mm. Um, so Boy, that's perfect timing. St- yes, perfect, perfect. Like I said, I have no complaints. So you're able, you're going to be doing this post-production now that this Kickstarter money will, will come through um, in just a couple days once that's over. Then what's your timing of when you're hoping to release this to the world? Prayerfully by this fall. I hope to have it done by this fall. Granted, it's a lot of um, research that I have to do in the midst of being in in COVID-19 and how that Mm -hmm. impacts the film industry. What is it going to look like for film festivals? So I have to rethink my strategy about screenings and if I need to go straight to distribution. So there's conversations that I still need to have. But the biggest thing for me was bringing it to completion. And after it's complete, I can then I can figure out where it'll go for everybody to see. Well, filmmaker Alana Marie, um, I want to wish you the best of luck as you're navigating this new post-pandemic or during the pandemic world with this film. And we just can't wait to see the final cut on this. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. 
And that film, again, is the Kinlock docu. The Kickstarter is still up if you want to get in on some of the perks. She has hit her goal, um, but it's it's still live and you can still join in on that. So we'll keep an eye on this film as, as you finish it. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.